VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. VoiceOver on settings. So you can navigate it just by listening. Books, contacts, calendar, double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Wine Times, the podcast brought to you in association with the Sunday Times Wine Club with me, Mikita Oliver. And me, Will Lyons, the Sunday Times Wine Columnist and Vice President of the Sunday Times Wine Club. And this show, Will, is quite fantastically all about wine. Red, white, rosé, sparkling. Italian, French, Australian, South African. And all the rest. That's right. This series, we're going to be tasting our way through those tannins, which you're going to explain to me what that means later on. I I will. Because I really don't know. (laughs) And we won't be doing it alone. No, not at all. Who do we have, Will? Oh, you can't do it alone. So no, so every episode, we'll be joined by a well-known guest for some good wine, good times and good conversation. This is like so much fun. (laughs) And remember, the wines featured in this episode and all others are available through the Sunday Times Wine Club. If you haven't signed up yet, there'll be a link in the episode description for you. I mean, I love them. They sent me a huge case of wine already. So I love them. So whether you're an expert with a broad palate or you just tend to stick to the house stuff. In this show, you're sure to find something that will suit your taste. We're here in the wonderful Wadadley kitchen. It's beautiful. It's just beside the River Lee in London's Hackney Wick. It's owned by the incredible, vivacious, stunning, talented broadcaster and chef, Andy Oliver, who is a wonderful woman. She's also my mother. Yes, she's my mother. Talking and toasting with Mikita and myself today is the author, podcaster and Queen of the Castle, Giovanna Fletcher. You will all remember her from her triumph last year on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, where she beat Radio 1's Jordan North to the crown and scepter. And any mums and dads, of course, will know her from her Happy Mum, Happy Baby podcast series, as well as all of her incredibly successful self-help parenting books. Giovanna Fletcher's 12th novel, Walking on Sunshine, is out now. Giovanna, welcome to Wine Times. Thank you very much. Thank you for being here. How do you, how do you feel about wine generally? I love all the wine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, um, I like it. Uh, it helps me at the end of the day just kind of switch off mm-hmm. uh, either a glass of red or a glass of white. Only one glass. Uh, we did actually go through a phase about over a decade ago where I think we were listening to something on the radio and it said something like, if you're drinking two glasses a night, then that's a really bad thing. Uh, so we actually switched for quite some time to a Horlicks 
or this Tom and G special, which was ice cream, uh, popcorn, uh, yeah, milk Ooh. buttons, bit of digestive in there, maple syrup. Yeah. So <laughs> everyone get quite way. fat that year. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we thought, you know what? Let's get back to wine. Let's get back <laughs> to the wine. Alcohol, it's sugar. I mean, yeah, there's exactly. the enemies and everything. Isn't How it? else yes. do you end the day? But I tell you what, though, I do think it's a good discipline to do four nights off. Oh, <laughs> really? If you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, four nights a week. Four nights a week, if you can. But do, but don't worry about it. But just it is that cumulative effect isn't it yeah, yeah, yeah. but the key thing is not to go mad on the weekends well, and yeah. then have nothing in the week you well know, I find that if there are certain uh, certain times where I know I wake up in the morning and even after one glass if I feel a bit groggy mm. so I'll stop I just won't for a while yeah. and then enjoy it when it, you know enjoy well, it when yeah. it comes when yeah. the time's right yeah. exactly got the discipline to stop that's the key of life, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You know, so you can just enjoy one. <laughs> well, Italians or French or anyone. Well, 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 where are you from? Um, you? My dad's Italian. Italian, yeah. right. So that is literally, I mean, we were, you know, being given wine from quite a young age. <laughs> but, yeah, but like, you didn't... dip your dummy in it, have your, your fruit for a pudding yeah. with peaches cut into red wine, you know. Mm. But did you drink a... L- I mean, it's it, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's always very, there. Yeah. I always like to say it's always like the Brits drinking tea. It's always yeah. there, but we don't have... Well, you get a very different relationship with it. You know, you yeah. almost respect it a little bit more, I think. And also because in Italy, all of the wine that we drink is homegrown from a local farm. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's Ooh. a cousin bringing it over or, mm. a, you know, a, you know, yeah. yeah. So, so do you, so if you, you have that in your background, do you know much about wine and the growing of it? Yeah, it comes from grapes. It. it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> that's where we're done. Yeah, that, that's my knowledge. <laughs> you are welcome. Well, that's why we have Will. Yeah, that's why we have Will. So, should we explain the spittoon? Because we again have another yes. spittoon virgin. As I've been saying uh, in, in the series, it's um, and I think somebody wrote under my column, "How do you do it?" You know, but it's because if you're tasting wine all the time, it's your job. Yeah. Uh, you spit, and actually, the majority of the taste and flavour is around seventy percent. You can get from just putting it in your mouth. And your sense of smell. Well, I was just telling Giovanni, I'm still trying to uh, perfect my elegant spit out. Yes. Will's good. It's a very fluid move. He's like, and I'm like, dribble down my chin a little bit, I think. I'm interested to see how I will use this spit. Let's see how your spitting. You know what? I'll just swallow. You know, it seems too hard. I'll just swallow. How is Tom? How is the wonderful husband? He's in Strictly Come Dancing. It's quite an intense show to be a part of yeah I think I thought it was going to be more intense and take over our lives more than it has like past contestants have kind of been like oh it's intense it's you know uh, but we've just enjoyed it. we've all enjoyed it so much um, obviously we have different pressures normally in terms of like deadlines whether that's an album or books or whatever uh, so actually it's a very different pressure and I, I feel having Tom step away from the normal pressure and go into a different one is actually, there's something really nice about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gives you energy. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. And he can't have a conversation with anyone about Strictly without getting them into hold, oh showing them a goodness. pose. Yeah. But I love it. He's I totally love in, it. isn't he? He's yeah. in. Good. And it's yeah. a good workout, isn't it? He tries to show me on a Sunday, uh, on a Saturday morning what yeah. dance he's doing that night, so he'll teach me a few moves. Oh, yeah. that's quite romantic. Well, I think he does it, though, because he's had the whole week of Amy telling him what to do and not knowing anything, so it's quite nice for him to have the roles reverse and him be the one in the know and me know nothing. Yes, and then and, but even if you knew something, would you pretend to know nothing so he can have that moment? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> good wife. Give, good good wife. confidence before he goes into the good, show. Good, good, good. <laughs> um, and, of course, you want I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of here um god was it last year yeah goodness me so what happens if tom wins strictly oh my god and then you're not the only you know 
game winner. I know. In the house. Yeah. Anymore. I mean, luckily it's a king and queen. So he's ah. king of the dance floor. I'm queen of the castle. So we Done. would. It would marry nicely. Uh, I feel like we'd need some le- neon lights or something to that effect uh, in our office. But um, yeah, I mean, he, it's just so brilliant seeing him have such a good time. Mm. Um, and everyone, the the get like it's strong this year oh like, god yeah the dancing it's it's incredible mm. um you know john and johannes rose and Giovanni, mm. like aj it's just insane the level yeah. of um uh, of talent there so he's in it and he's having a great time so we're going to start with our first wine Will we? right we well look, i've got out the ice bucket so the trick here is we've actually put some water in the ice bucket obviously you can't see this but you can hear it because that chills it down uh, more quickly well because otherwise it's just sat in ice yeah mm. yeah and what it really now needs let me put it water. here so we're going to where else we're starting in italy nice. in piemonte mm-hmm. and it's truffle season so i thought um well we're having a wine that's quite famous that you've everyone's probably heard of a bit like sort of Rioja or Chianti or Prosecco or Suave. It's agave. Everyone's heard of it. It was big in the 60s I'll be and honest, 70s. I thought that was a fruit. Yeah. I thought that was honey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, that's it. <laughs> but it's like a sort of crisp white wine from Piemonte. Um, so we're in sort of, uh, well, where are we? North West Italy. Mm, and where um, else in Italy are your family from? Right in the middle, near Naples, mm, Campania. Yeah. So we're a, bit, a little bit further north. And um, I over, over the last few weeks, I saw that film that was... I think broadcast last year called the Truffle Hunters, mm-hmm. where all these old men go out with their dogs, not their pigs, to to, to hunt for the Alba truffles, and it really trans you know transports you to the forests of Piedmont. It's very sort of autumnal. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I think that it's, it's obviously a straw coloured wine, but it's it's in the sort of bracket of sort of crisp, light, uh, refreshing white wines. Nice. So again, we have to travel in our imaginations during this wine tasting mm-hmm. during this podcast sort of vicariously back to Italy back to those sort of sun-drenched terraces and think of those warmer climbs because this is and not the You're cold so there right now. place we're in yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's, take, let's go let's go to Italy so it's sort we, of dry I'm and racy Will. Will is not yeah. putting his glass to his lips right he now he takes it I know I don't know how he does it so I put it into it I'm going to give you a demonstration put, put it in and then you suck the air across mm. Yeah, that lovely, refreshing, tangy bite. And what does this give you? Mm. Italian memories? Does it make them come shooting back? Um, <clears throat> to be honest, when we're in Italy, it's all about the red. Oh. It's very rare we see a white wine mm. at the table. It's it's usually red. And do mum and dad like a wine? They do love a wine. <laughs> My mum's from Essex, so she loves a white wine. <laughs> <laughs> she'd love love this (laughs) love the podcast love the wine Um, but yeah no dad uh, dad is definitely red Um, we can't all be together as a family without wine being a part of it now yeah um but yeah, me and Tom have actually been on a wine tasting. Oh, oh brilliant. Just got pissed as farts. <laughs> really drunk. <laughs> to the point where we were literally dragging each other back to our room at the end, just kind of not in a sexual way either, just kind of like, this way, darling. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely weren't spitting it out. But also, you shouldn't really mix your red, red and white, and should you? So if you're at a dinner and you've got something to start and then a mate, like, and it doesn't mm. marry... Like, should you just stick stick with whatever no, if it's your main? Good, or? If it's good quality wine and mm. it's a dry, you would normally you you, you would actually if, if you're drinking fine wine, you probably would. If, you if would you're out if you're out for a fine wine dinner, 
yeah. and you would start with white wine, then move on to the reds. Okay. So when I was 18, bottom shelf started. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not quite the same, yes. Giovanni. <laughs> <laughs> it can't all be overtalked. There's a very good master of wine called Tim Hanai, um, who's from America, and he says that it's all overtalked. It should be just all about hospitality and what the guests want. Mm. And if someone comes into your house... You know, if they want to have red wine with a fish, well, then get it, you know. Yeah, d- yeah. D- don't be too rules-bound with wine. It, it, people can get so intimidated and stuck up. I must do this, I must do that. Um, trust your own judgment and learn, and, you know, and then who knows? I want to know more about your Essex yeah. teenage years. Um, <laughs> was there much wine drinking around that time? And we, all, no. we were talking about the sort of four-pound bottles that just, I cannot <laughs> believe I drank. But is that, is that kind of what you knew of wine at that time? Yeah, I would say other than the red that we had in Italy, like that was a very different experience. But definitely when we started going out, I don't even think I was as sophisticated to get the cheap wine. <laughs> it was an arches and lemonade. Oh, it was like yes. that. Um, and then I'd be the first one getting the vodka jelly shots when we hit the clubs. Oh. Yeah. Like, <laughs> awful. <laughs> like, awful. I've been like, I've got jellies. <laughs> Who am I? Have you seen many vodka jelly shots since motherhood? I know. They None, stay actually. There. They stayed yeah. in teenage land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and now any weddings do I venture near the shots? Uh, it's now all mm. about the wine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I really enjoyed that actually. Yeah, I did it's like nice. that white a lot. We have a little taste of this one. Can I ask a question, please? Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm not here to ask questions, am I really? But let them tell you. Do you, you find that as you as your life goes on, that you've migrated to wine? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it, it wasn't something like that really you drank in your 20s, say? I think it's a very sociable thing. Yeah. Like a nice kind of sat down for dinner. The idea of having an artist lemonade now just feels so bizarre. <laughs> that is definitely 18-year-old me. Yeah. Uh, whereas wine, and also I think a lot of the time it feels like a safe drink almost. Yeah. Because you know wherever you go, there's going to be a good wine. But I, I'm really fascinated with the wine journey because I started wine quite young. I mean, ridiculously young. So I'm abnormal. How young? But, well, sort of 18, Six, 18 right? 19. <laughs> By 22, I was I mean, obsessed I said it was in my dummy growing up. <laughs> so I was, you know, all throughout my 20s, I drank wine and wine. Right. Food. But a lot of my friends now have hit their 40s are just starting to get into it. Mm. And so they're, they're coming to me uh, wanting knowledge and information. And yeah. they, they never did that before. And I just wonder, you get a mortgage, you get a family. Yeah. So you don't go out as much. Or you're entertaining within the, ha- within the home. Yeah. And that's where wine comes a part of it. Well, I, th- I think there are certain people within our family who take it a lot more seriously. Yeah. Like my brother-in-law, Chickpea, he, he, you know, he's left to the wine because he'll always get the good stuff. Whereas if it's ours... You know, you you read a bit, you look at the label. What's got a nice label? Yeah, you know, it's totally what, label. What, yeah, what grape do I recognise? That one. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. yeah, people stay where it's safe with wine. I think. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's. I, I'm I'm of a very broad, unusually broad opinion, and I, I think you know, you, it's it's okay to like everything. I keep saying this, but it's okay to find joy in a wine that maybe costs four or five pounds a bottle. Yeah. And then two, two nights later, you might have a wine, you might be fortunate to have a, one of the rare wines of the world that's incredibly valuable, that's very complex and intellectual. And it's a bit like going to, you know, the cinema versus the theatre, isn't it? Mm. There are some evenings when you're in the mood for something like that and some evenings when you just want to switch off and it's, and it's a beverage. And I don't think there's anything wrong with those two approaches. I yeah. think they're quite compatible. But, mm. uh, but, but, you know, wine snobs might be like, how dare you? Well, I'm looking forward to the day, the day where I sit down with friends and go, oh, this wine, it's complex and intellectual. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Thank you 
very much for listening to this episode of Wine Times in association with the Sunday Times Wine Club. Remember, the wines featured in this episode and all others are available through the Sunday Times Wine Club. If you haven't signed up yet, there'll be a link in the episode description for you. VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. VoiceOver on settings. So you can navigate it just by listening. Books, contacts, calendar, double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wine number two, Will. Where are we so off to? So we're leaving Italy, sadly, the Piemonte, the foothills of the mountains. And we're going to, but we are staying within um, Europe. We're going to Spain. Actually, sorry, I've got the ice bucket to my right. Are we going to Spain? Yeah. And we're going to another wine. Sagavi, I thought people might have heard of is is uh this is the wine you'll definitely have heard of rioja yeah but yes. i've never seen a white no, rioja exactly. well yeah, i've done that thing that i keep doing which all wine experts love to do so-called wine experts because it's that the place that it's from is yeah. that white right so we're in sorry i'm just gonna pour this out if i just ruined your ending of your story no <laughs> not at all. so well i was just saying you know i love to think and i keep saying this and i'm keeping it counterintuitively yes so everyone loves Red Rioja, because it's made from Tempranillo. It's sort of soft, smooth, as it were. Uh, Has that sort of oaky character. Or it can be quite fresh as well. Mm -hmm. But but it's a reliable... I think with Cote d'Arone, with Sherry, with Rioja, they are just reliable and good value. And you can go into any any place in the world, and if you see Rioja on the list, it's bound to be... It's, it's pretty consistent. Yeah. Um, so what have you done to us today but, with but this white but, but, but sommeliers and wine snobs and sort of people that really are really into wine, they love white Rioja. Okay. Um, a bit of history about Rioja, if you're interested. Yeah, okay. actually, because I do, I really like red Rioja a lot. That's the so one where of are the we? So we're sort of like south of San Sebastian and Bilbao, north of Madrid. The Romans were the first people to plant vines, so then you had this long period. But really, it really starts in the 1860s with a, uh, a, a sort of vine disease called phylloxera, which you may have heard of, which devastated all the vineyards of France, the really grand vineyards of wow. France. So the Bordelais, the people of Bordeaux, the, the, uh, um, the winemakers there, what did they do? They didn't stick around. They went south over the Pyrenees, and they went down to Rioja. Mm-hmm. Now, in Bordeaux, you grow, you have a, um, a red grape variety called Cabernet Sauvignon, which you age in oak because it has lots of sort of bitter, fla- you know, b- b- bitter tannin flavours. So they took that expertise to Spain and they used the, um, 
oak barrels with Tempranillo, and you got that lovely sort of oaky character. And the key thing was, that, so Rioja's first boom was like the 19th century. There was a railway there, so he could get to market as well. Um, but but it was it was that sort of marriage of fruit and oak, and that's why everyone, I think, really enjoys it. Mm. Also, it's quite easy to remember. Rioja, yep, yep, yep. Not pronounced, but definitely to remember. People like <laughs> once you know how to say it. Once you know. <laughs> I know, I think I definitely said Rioja. Yeah, yeah. Now, love a few stats, looking these up this morning. There's 157,000 acres planted in Rioja. Only 10,000 of them are white. I love that one. Yeah. That's my favourite song. Oh, is it? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I wanted to talk about um, the podcast and then, of course, all the books. What came first, actually? Uh, the books. The books. Um, so I was acting and then nothing was happening. So, um, Which is a horrible place to yeah. be in that world. And I wanted to take back a bit of control. So I thought, you know what, I'm just going to start writing books. Um, so I started writing fiction. Um, so I started with Billy and Me. Um, and absolutely just loved it. I think before I actually started writing, I thought, well, like, I can't do that. Although I love reading, I haven't been to Cambridge, I haven't been to Oxford. You know, that's what people that actually know the words do. And then I realised that actually maybe my skill set in acting could work well, especially if you're writing in first person. Um, so, yeah, so that, that started. And then four books in, possibly, I think four books in, I decided to switch to non-fiction and write Happy Mum, Happy Baby. Mm. Um, and then from that... Just the conversations that happened off the back of the book, you know, when you're going on book tour and um, meeting other parents and, and just realising that we're actually all in the same boat and how much, you know, it was helping people. Um, but I think there's always that thing with books, with music. Sometimes they have a time and then the conversation moves on or, you know, and I just felt it was so important for new parents to kind of go, you're not on your own, you know. Um, and rather sadly, the leading cause of death in new mums is suicide. Um, within the first year so we need that support there um, and, I, and so we decided to launch the podcast but what's different is that I invite other people on to share their experiences rather than it just being me whittling yeah. on about me all the time um, and I didn't know if anyone was going to sign up to it because I know that me sharing is one thing but then having other people trust in me that actually it's a, this is a safe space yeah. um, you know uh, but thankfully Lots of people have come on. Yeah, including Kate Middleton, for goodness' yeah. sake, too, Rana. And I mean, that's that. I mean, that's one of the most famous mums in the country, as it were. How was it? Uh, what was the process like? Just even trying to secure that interview. Well, I sent many emails ahead of me actually being allowed to speak to her, mm. uh, and was always told no. You know, she's not doing any press or anything at this time. You know, she's got her stuff. Um, and then she was doing this five big questions where she does so much work in early years and um, and they were launching this five big questions where they wanted the general public to get involved whether they were parents carers people without kids uh, just to, just to share how um, you know how what their take on early years was mm-hmm. um, and so they wanted to use the podcast as a way of getting those questions out there because they wanted as many people as possible involved um, and so while we were talking to her team about it because uh, it was basically going to be a lot of other voices and I said well do you think the Duchess would get involved and they were like oh we're not sure um, you know she doesn't really talk in this way uh, maybe we could maybe see if we can get 10 minutes and I was like okay 10 minutes would be amazing um, yeah and then I met her at an event. Uh, we were left alone for five minutes. It's very strange. Have you ever met royals? Never, actually. Right. Have it's, you? Well, of course you have. Yeah, for you. Yeah. Of course you have. Yeah. Can't talk about it. Can't talk about it. <laughs> oh, so when it's an engagement like that, basically everyone leaves you and you're just stood with the royal. So we would literally 
the, everyone else was away oh, and it was word. just me and her uh, and we had um, a really good chat about maternal mental health about how feral our kids would be if they were in that space with us because we were in a soft play um, and then uh, then we went into a group meeting and the next thing I know uh, 45 minutes have been scheduled into the diary oh, for her to record the podcast fantastic yeah and I was told ahead of time well I, no one asked for um, the sort of a rundown of what the questions were going to be until the night before so I thought, I'm going to treat it like it's any other podcast and just get everything in, because then they can always say, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. So I send that in, and then her, I spoke to her, um, one of uh, the members of her team, and he said, you know, I don't know if she did hypnobirthing, so she might not answer that. I don't know if she'll talk about this. I don't know, but I'll go and speak to her and see, see what she says. And then apparently, as she was being briefed, William was in the room, and he said, just answer, just talk. Because yeah. if at the end of it, you feel like... Um, you know, you don't you don't want that in there. We can cut it out. Yeah. But just talk yeah. freely because that's the way you're going to come across best. Good but she answered all the questions. Brilliant. And, it was and we were in the room for an hour and a half. Oh Fantastic. wow! Yeah, yeah. Was she lovely? Was she so nice? lovely. Mm. And what was interesting as well? So I'd seen her twice by that point at royal engagements, and just seeing how she asks asks a question, but she really listens to the answer yeah. and builds on it. And I just think it's yeah, just her yeah. elegance, her grace, her. Um, her investment in who she's talking to it's just yeah and what a booking for your podcast I, mean, I know come on. <laughs> <laughs> so good I went on Good Morning America and also oh my god yes. ridiculous oh scary okay so it's sort of elevated everything yes yeah. of course well, because it's the Duchess talking about motherhood which she doesn't yes. talk about in great detail that no often. and yeah. until that point she'd never really done anything like that mm. so over the last you know little period where we've all been at home and having to do more of stuff like that it's been amazing seeing her it's, fly in that way it's yeah. funny I used to work for the Wall Street Journal and the countries abroad that love the royal family mm. I mean North America obviously Germany huge we had huge viewing figures for their wedding really because I was, I was covering it I was, well, I was covering the wine angle for their wedding oh wow and the Germans went mad for it actually yeah, yeah. where are we headed now Will well we're, we're all for staying quite wine. close we're going back over the Pyrenees back okay. to France so we started off in Piemonte foothills of the mountains then we went over to uh, um um Rioja. Now, I'm always asked, you know, where should I look for value? You know, and I think that there's certain countries like Spain and Portugal which produce incredibly good value wines. But a more interesting question for a wine columnist is where is going to be the next fine mm. wines emerging from? And already, I, I think I've said in the series, I think um, uh, Chardonnay in New Zealand has a real potential to be some of the best in the world. Now, in France, there's a little region west of Perpignan in what's called the Roussillon so we're sort of we fly into Perpignan you drive about 45 minutes west and it's it's a wild part of the world it's almost Catalonia really and it's called the Ashley Valley and if you go there it's got all these because you're on the foothills of the Pyrenees all these high sort of hill forts I, had, I once had one of the most terrifying experiences I've ever had when I was going up and up and up and up to, to, to see this old sort of... Um, On those whiny, narrow... Like, you know, like yeah. the end of the Italian job um, for, for this medieval place. Then we stopped halfway. I got out and I said, Kate, crikey, there's another one. So as I was driving up, a car came down. Oh and stupidly, I stopped to let him go. And then I had to do a, a, a you know, oh a sort goodness. of on, on, on the clutch start. And all I could see on the back was a sheer, no, a sheer drop. No. And I had a proper panic attack. I got of out of the car. I looked, and I could see it was, you know, there was a length of this room. Changed my shoes. I was like, I can do this. And yeah. I was literally burning the brakes. So like, oh you could smell gosh. it. And then we go up to the top. And at, at the top, there was a bus. 
<laughs> but that's what I never understand. Those tiny roads, yeah. and there's like these huge buses coming down. You're like, how is this gonna work? Mm-hmm. And yeah. they drive like this. I get, oh, that really took me to my vertigo. But the key they have there is altitude, so they can right. plant their grapes higher up. So you know that they, they can sort of combat this warming climate. And it's um, let me pour it out first. It's a really beautiful it. bottle. If we were yeah. talking about labels, I like this label. Yeah, understated, powerful, mm-hmm. simple. Yeah. So I think the Agi Valley makes both. It makes sort of um, red wine and white wine, and I think it has a real potential to be. I mean, I imagine bottles of wine are like books. You shouldn't judge it by its cover mm-hmm. or its label, but mm. you can't help it. No, Sometimes exactly. labels make them look Absolutely. cheaper than what they are. You know, yeah. I'm yeah. sure it's lovely, but I'm just like, well, that looks like a joke wine. That looks sophisticated. So this is a blend of Syrah. Oh, well, you know, and Carignan. Mm. And so Carignan is a sort of workhorse grape in France. But if you have, so I'm getting quite technical now, if you have old vines, the less fruit you get, which means more concentrated right. it is. So quite I think intense. these wines um, have a character. I mean, look at that colour, Giovanni. It's like, mm. it's like deep, that dark. That is deep, yeah. It's dark. And again, it's... Um, oh. and we we do. really have to think, you know, because we're going from two whites to a red without food. Mm-hmm. You have to think of this in terms of, you know... Okay. Barbecues going, or there's meat. Yeah. You instantly, meat. you're like, I need yeah. a steak with this. Yeah. Or roast. Yeah. <laughs> um, Giovanna, let's talk about your new book, Walking on Sunshine. Yes. Tell me it's as perky as it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> well, it follows three characters yes. who are all at um, a different part in their lives, but all feeling. The left feeling, is this it? So you've got Zaza, who's just got engaged um, to a lovely man. However, she's realising that she's going to have no more firsts. No more first dates, no more first kiss, no more all all that lovely, juicy stuff that comes at the start of the relationship. Uh, So she's kind of going, is this it? Uh, And then you've got Vicky, who's a mum of two, who used to be a daytime TV producer, now is just on the hamster wheel of motherhood, completely buried under the mother load. Uh, You know, everything is a struggle. No longer is she the woman who kind of goes into a room and is bubbly and everything she's just buried under the mother load and yeah you know struggling to put shoes on feet and people like brush teeth and all sorts so she's kind of going is this it Uh, and then you have Mike who um, was married to Pia who the other two were also best friends with um, who has just passed away so he's had the love of his life and um, you know thought his life was going one way and now he is in this empty void and kind of feeling like is this it is this me forever Um, and so through through a little bit of guidance through Pia as well um because Mike and Pia used to have this uh, let's just go back where they used to go off on an adventure um, so Pia kind of guides him to go on this adventure and they decide to all do it together even though it was just meant to be for him uh, so they go to Peru and um, so I go on treks every year with Copperfield uh, a breast cancer awareness charity who are amazing some of the women have breast cancer um, or know someone who has other people just want a challenge and there's something about being out in nature stepping away from all of the noise that surrounds us every day and obviously in, on those treks it's all about the bonds that you make as well but it's also about self-discovery and you're stripped back of everything so you have that space to reflect to question yourself to understand to let go and just to breathe um, and that is what I wanted for these three characters. So it's a real bonding experience for them and a chance for them to heal and just kind of forgive themselves for things that are outside of their control. I love yeah. that you took them there. That's yeah. like so brilliant because you know what that place is like and what it does yeah. for you in real life. Wow. Yeah, exactly. And was it just glorious to be able to write about that place? Yeah, absolutely. Because I actually, so I went to Peru. Um, 
over 12 years ago with my dad, my stepmom, and my um, sister. Uh, so my sister was turning, uh, I think she was turning 28, and she wanted to be in Machu Picchu for her birthday. That's the place that she wanted to go. But instead of doing the Inca Trail, we did the Laras Trek. Um, As a family, you hiked? Yeah. That's wow. Impressive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and it was, you know, at times frustrating, at times amazing, you know. Um, but... Yeah, so to revisit it through characters, through fiction was, was great, and through these friends as well. And do you camp on the way? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah altitude yeah. is horrible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds tough. There's no a lot of ways really when you're just looking at your shoes a lot of the time because you're so exhausted, or do you... Do you know what what gets you is that every few steps your breath goes. Yeah. Like your, your chest just can't... It's like it can't take in enough air. Um, so that's the, the thing altitude. that's, yeah, 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 that's the thing that's tricky. And then sleeping at altitude, obviously you get your headaches and stuff. So, um, like the characters in the book, we didn't, uh, get our altitude tablets, our sickness tablets, which yeah. we should have done. Um, and it doesn't matter how many leaves they give you to chew on, you know, it's, um. Were you just vomiting all over the place? Yeah, just not feeling very good. Right. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And you're up there. Yeah. It's intense. Exactly. Okay. Um, Tom and you have written together before. Mm. Do you enjoy the process of writing with him? I do, actually. So what was interesting when we came into Eve of Man, so we've got a trilogy, so two are out, and the third one we're about to start writing. Mm. Um, But uh, so beforehand, when it came to fiction, I would have my concept, my overall concept. I'd know what my first third of the book was, uh, and then I'd know where roughly where I wanted it to end. But essentially, I'd get to the end of the first third and just let my character fly, see where they wanted to go. And then when you're writing with someone else, you have to plan a bit more because they have to know what's going on mm. you and yeah so and that's how tom writes actually he probably plans every beat like it's a song but um so i was always a bit dubious going into the process like that because for me i remember being a kid and playing barbies and i'd have this elaborate setup and but i'd act out what was going to happen in my head before while i was setting it up and then when i got to the point where i could actually start doing it i was a bit like oh, i've I'm done it, it now <laughs> yeah. i don't want to do it so that's how i worried that planning right. was going to be but mm. actually it's all about layering and you find out so many different things as you go so uh yeah luckily the joy wasn't sucked out of it and now i do God. more planning so, so, <laughs> so in the old days you just sit down and write yeah and it came from that yeah yeah so you, you know your first third um and your concept or whatever and then just when you yeah I always loved sitting down and kind of not knowing what the day would bring yeah yeah um, whereas now like walking on sunshine I have I spent a lot of time in right move planning exactly where they lived you know everything yeah. about the character you know how they were going to grow throughout um, I think yeah. it's really I interesting that. isn't it because I I think I would just be the I just write and then do all that yeah. stuff afterwards. Yeah. But I think that that detail is so important yeah, when very. building a character. I love that. Like, where do they live? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. What's their local shop? And that's, that's the thing, though, isn't it? It's like where I was um, before worried about coming at things from an acting point of view that's what you do with acting yes mm. you think about all of those things because then when you have it you can almost forget it because it's informed your character enough that you have the essence of that to keep going exactly and oh. could you set a book I mean it, it, it challenged I, I always thought it'd be fun to write a book say you know set in 1986 mm. so you have to go back and think you yeah know, like what people did people had VHS rest- yeah yeah, yeah. So, yeah you know there's lots of little details yeah, isn't there, yeah, that yeah. make up the world around you yeah which is really intriguing for a plot level you know from a plot point of view well it is interesting actually even in sort of the last 10 years that I've been writing all of a sudden every now and then there might be a text in a book now whereas back then I wouldn't have been bothered but even no, references to social media I was going to say do you let your characters go on social media um not massively but that definitely exists you know it's it is a it is a there, actually there is a, fa- a scene where they two people sort of 
connect on Facebook. Um, but it's not overriding. Good, yeah. there's enough of that Because in real there's life. enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You want people to escape. Well, the interesting thing about this book is that, so I actually started writing it four years ago and then um, got pregnant. Uh, we started writing Even Man, um, Letters on Motherhood, uh, Lockdown. So everything has taken a while. And, and for good reasons as well, I think. Because, not for good reasons, but I think it's, paid off because all the chats about maternal mental health that I've been having with the podcast kind of feeds into the character of Vicky um but uh yeah I mean it's taken a long time to get this one out but I feel I feel very happy with uh with where it is right now yeah Yeah. timing's everything and and I think a lot of the things that we felt lockdown stopped us from putting out into the Mm. world actually we were sort of doing all these other things for it yeah still I think I feel like that with work yeah I think that's I really get that yeah, oh, timing is everything. Well, it's finally here, and we have wine to celebrate. Yeah. Anything that you've learnt from us today? I've learnt how to spit in a spittoon. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <That'll do. laughs> <I hate that. laughs> thank you so much, and good luck with the book, Giovanni. Thank you very much. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. That is it from us today. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Wine Times in association with the Sunday Times Wine Club, produced by Ben Mitchell. You can follow the podcast so you never miss an episode. Just do this via your normal podcast provider. We'll be back next week with more delicious wines and another great guest, great company, good stories. And remember, all of the wines we tasted today are available from the Sunday Times Wine Club website. Thank you again to Adadley Kitchen and thank you to my mum for letting us drink wine in her space. I love your husband. Thanks. <laughs> You've been I, interviewed I mean, him so much over the years. Because yeah. I feel like I know him really well. You uh, were mostly taking the mick out of him in the early days, no, though. No, today we were together. <laughs> As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.